Welcome back to Thinking About It. I'm uh, Bob McGregor. And I'm Stan Fowler. And Stan, uh, we've got a growing number of people who watch our, listen to our podcasts, and we're grateful for that. And we think together in community, I think, over the uh, airwaves. And today we're going to think about uh, COVID, but not in the way that most of us have been thinking about it. A, A good teacher, and Jesus did this, uh, and any good teacher will do it, um, they'll, they'll lead their students into a crisis. And then after the dust has settled, they reflect on it and say, what did you learn in the storm? Or in, uh, if, in Job's case, in the season of your sickness, all of which was ordained by God for purpose, right? Right. And so I think it would be good for us to realize that COVID is not something that was accidental, but it was something intentional. God did it. And God doesn't do things because he's bored. He does things intentionally for our good and his glory. So there must be something in COVID that uh, if we reflect on it enough, we can see that it's God's hand is at work. There are things that he's teaching us that we wouldn't have learned if it wasn't for uh, the predicament of COVID. And so I want to talk with you uh, and share with you some of the things that God is doing and has taught us during this last year. I hope we've we've learned more than a few things. Yeah, I mean, as I I sit down and think about this, a lot of things come to mind. Mm For me, I, one of the, the first thing that came to mind was, was I, I guess you would call it a, it's a two-sided truth, and, and that is, one side, we, we have the possibility of being meaningfully connected to people all around the world now in a way we didn't before, but the other side of that is nothing Nothing can quite take the place of actual in-person, face-to-face contact. I mean, I, I think we, we've learned that in terms of, uh, of the church mm-hmm. and our, our ability to somehow minister to the whole church. Yeah, Technology enables us to do it mm-hmm. in creative and unusual ways, and, and we're grateful we can do that. But there's nothing quite like actually being together. So you think that absence is making our heart uh, fonder? Yeah, I think it is for me. I think yeah. I, I, I understand, I, I, I guess, why given the, the current restrictions and the current concerns, legitimate health concerns, we, we need to kind of walk away from the worship center mm-hmm. quickly after church. But I really miss... Yeah. The act, the conversations, the personal contact. I think, Amen. Um, in my experience, that that kind of conversational contact after, before and after, but mm-hmm. especially after mm-hmm. the gathered worship, mm-hmm. is is one of the highlights of evangelical churches. I agree. That's why more and more churches are building massive foyers. Yes, because something spiritual and essential to our calling happens in that space. It does. I mean, when Hebrews 10 talks about gathering so that we can stimulate one another to love and good mm-hmm. deeds, encouraging one another, um, I think we, we all understand 
my encouragement of other persons happens more in the atrium here after the service than it does when yeah. when we happen to be sitting in the worship center at the same time. Now, by the way, you weren't here on Sunday because you, you're preaching at another church right now, but right. Uh, we did something experimentally here in the auditorium saying, can we huddle together in prayers? Not many here anyway, and we thought, let's let's do something highly relational in this auditorium where it's set up to hear and gather and I think we need to do more of that allow people to stir one another up to hear one another and to pray usually that's in the atrium but we actually try to bring it into the auditorium that may work better when the numbers are really small I I I guess my only concern about that would be if if we have the worship center reasonably full and there are there are visitors present new people who might find that really awkward it, it might not work as well. But, but to come yes. back to the original point, actual face-to-face personal connection, actually mm-hmm. slapping somebody on the back or hugging somebody Amen. or shaking a hand is, has a value that, that goes far beyond what we can do on okay, screen. Okay, so that's number one. That's number one. We've got a renewed love and appreciation for the physical gathering of the church. Amen to that. Yes. You got another one? Well, here's one thing I've learned as a preacher. Uh, I'll get your reaction to it. Preaching to people with masks on is really hard because what I'm preaching or teaching, and I, I see people, I see their faces. I, their faces twitch, they move in certain ways, they smile, they frown, uh, they may not often fall asleep. A they lot of y- things they can yawn. Happen. They yawn. <laughs> but, but, but there are vibes coming back, yeah. and the preaching task becomes dialogical. Mm-hmm. When they have their masks on, that is no. almost all covered up. Or when they're not there. Or when they're not there. But I, I'm finding, I'm finding, I, I may, I think I may find it easier to preach to a camera than to people with masks on. It's, it's an odd thing. I, on the one hand, they're present, and yet. I don't, I don't yeah. have the vibes coming back. What's your experience? I ignore. I try to ignore that. You well, know? I, I do too. I try to tell myself. Yeah. Well, that's my strategy because it bugs me. Yeah. Okay. You know? And I, I imagine just between you and me, don't let this out. Good. I don't know how many people listen to us, <laughs> but I imagine that you know I'm Billy Graham and I'm preaching to a massive amount of people. Who knows? Maybe there are more than I think, and uh, so I get excited about the audience that I don't see. And I know they're out there, but in my mind, I just have to say, this is a great opportunity I have, and I'm excited about this. And so sometimes I'm not even as mindful of the, of the masked people okay. in the building. When the masks are off, it's f- I love it. I love talking to these people without masks. Right. Okay, I'll, I'll have to remind myself of that. I mean, I, but, and as I say, if I'm only preaching to the camera then I know I have to think about that crowd out there, however large or small it may be. When there are actually people here, even if they're masked, well, then, then it's, I, I tend to focus on those, those present and maybe don't think enough about those that I see beyond or mm-hmm. that are beyond the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, another, that, that's a preacher kind of thing. I think w- one of the other things I've learned during COVID is Christian 
and, and here I'm, I'm edging up to the negative, and I don't want to do that, but Christian unity is an important but fragile thing. And I th- I'm, I'm grateful that in our church context, we have experienced very little disunity about how the church responds to the COVID crisis. But you and I have both, unfortunately, been connected to a wider church kind of disunity about it. That's been discouraging, but it's a reminder of how important it is that we think about the unity of God's people. Do you think COVID has revealed um, like stress fractures, stress fissures in our unity, or has it revealed that our unity is, is stronger than we realized? Well, that's a good question. I, I don't know. Is it maybe some of both? Maybe, maybe it will give us the chance, especially after the dust settles a bit, to, to reopen some conversations and, and move beyond it and for all of us to say, I could have handled that better. Mm-hmm. I, I, I could have handled that Facebook post in a better way. I could have, I could have not yeah. sent that tweet, yeah. um, et, et cetera. I know that during this time, uh, people are taking more initiative to strive to maintain the unity so that they'll, they'll make a phone call. Like we have our, our prayer forum that goes out. And uh, as soon as that goes out, people know something about their church family. Right. And uh, I think I'm pretty right in saying that uh, more and more people are phoning and writing emails and responding to that so that people who are in crisis feel very much loved and affirmed by our church family. I'm not so sure that happens um, when people think, oh, we're all gathered together. It's not as important for me to make a phone call or an email to someone. Yeah, I think that may be true. Related to that is, uh, I mean, another thing that comes to my mind is I, I think we've learned during COVID that God's people are, are by God's grace, frankly, very resilient mm-hmm. and, and able to respond to this and, and say, I still have hope. Uh, the Lord is still present. I know that was my experience in, in mm-hmm. the phone blitzes we've done here in the mm-hmm. church, trying to connect with all the families who are tied to our church. When I've asked, how are you doing during COVID? How's your, how's your physical mm-hmm. health? How's your mental health? I, you know, there, there have not been very many who've said, I, I, you know, I'm just not coping. Generally, they've said, this is a bummer. Um, we don't like it, but... By the grace of God, we're coping. I, I think people, people have demonstrated that the Lord enables us to be resilient and to wrestle with our trials and, and, and live through them. And plus, to look at their church life as something more than an hour and a half on the Lord's day. Like, we've always said that the church is not a building, it's not this, uh, but we've had that, right? And now we haven't had it. And so people have been forced to think about in the church in different paradigms uh, as, a, as a community in the neighborhood. Um, we've got different life group relationships that have become more precious uh, during these days. And so that's been a good lesson for us to learn. I, don't, I hope we don't forget that when we do come together. So, okay, now we can relax. So we're back to where we were before. 
I don't think the Lord intends for us to be back to where we were before. No, I agree. I think he, he wants us to learn from <coughs> this. And remember the, the value of some of these things that, that we have not been able to experience in the normal mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And, and now, I think, but I think, as, as you say, uh, the crisis itself has probably strengthened yeah. some of those personal contacts. Well, I have another, I just want to say before we leave, this is a global experience, right? There's it not is. much in this planet that has united us in the past, except we breathe oxygen, a few other things. But it, Christians have been forced to think globally. We're all in this together. You've heard that expression. We have. We're in different boats, I suppose it is. But, but our eyes are very focused on the millions of people that are perishing worldwide. doesn't matter where you live or what your economic strata, uh, strata, strata, stratum stratum, I guess, is, is the singular. <laughs> you know, and, and I just think we've, all, we've got this sense that um, we, we need Jesus. We, and we've got a, a vaccine for the great disease of death and sin. And I think we're, we're more motivated to do what Jesus said, lift up your eyes, look at the nations, look at the harvest. And so we're more globally conscious now. Yeah, I think that, that is a, that's a positive effect you know, for uh, me. Of, the, of the crisis because it has forced us, forced us indeed to think mm-hmm. in global terms mm-hmm. and, and to recognize we, we then have a connection. We have a connection to the global church mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as one family. Mm-hmm. And so we need to think about resourcing other parts of it, but we also have a concern for the whole world and in, in all of its needs. Our common mortality. Indeed. Well, it's, it's almost over. I think COVID's almost over. Have you got your vaccine? Got the first shot. Yep. Yeah, I'm down for next week. Um, but uh, this will soon be over. Something else will come. There's no doubt. There's always something. But uh, it would be a shame to waste a, an incredible learning opportunity and to give thanks to God in the midst of it that uh, his church has done pretty good. And we're grateful for his supply, the, the grace that uh, we've had just to kind of enter into each day with the joy that Jesus Christ is still on the throne. Indeed, and uh, we, may, we may have to provide opportunities for people to tell some great stories after this. When we come back out of exile. That's right. Well, until then, not when we come back, but until next week, uh, I'm Bob McGregor. And I'm Stan Fowler. And thanks for listening. Keep on thinking. <laughs>